The Productive Woman, Episode 38. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. As always, thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about email and some ways to use it most effectively to enhance productivity. You'll find links and uh, some additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 38. This episode is brought to you by Doodle, an online service that simplifies scheduling meetings of two or more people. You can check out Doodle's great features by visiting theproductivewoman.com slash doodle. So this week I want to talk about email. And, you know, it's nothing particularly glamorous, but it's something that's been on my mind. Um, You know, email is a great invention. It can be an incredibly useful tool, but it can also be a distraction and a time suck. So much of my life is spent in dealing with email both for my day job for and and you know personally it's it's a major communication method for me and i think for a lot of other people and uh it has its benefits it has its advantages the immediacy is great and the ability to sort of keep the emails and refer to them later that can be great but it has its challenges its pitfalls and its problems as well and, uh, you know, I was thinking about that as I was preparing for this episode, what some of those challenges are. One of them is, uh, for some of us, um, too many email accounts. For me, for instance, I've got an office account for the day job as a lawyer at the law firm, and that's an Outlook an exchange account. I also have a Yahoo account that I've had forever that started out as just being a, an email address I could give when I sign up for some account online so all my spam gets sent there instead of to the office. And I have a Gmail account and I have different um, separate accounts for uh, my podcast work. And that can get a little frustrating. I can gather them all together in the mail app on my Mac and my iOS devices, but still there are a lot of different email accounts and, and that's kind of frankly getting getting to to be kind of a frustration for me. Another challenge of email is the constant distraction and interruption of our work from the dings and the pings and the alerts coming up on the screen or our phone buzzing, if we get it that way. Uh, and certainly there's the the challenge of just too much junk coming in through email. And I don't mean just spam, but, you know, emails from companies and groups whose email list we get on uh, through signing up for something or buying something online or, you know, maybe we subscribe to somebody's newsletter and, and we get on their list to get more and more stuff. So there are a lot of challenges that come with this great tool. And I thought I'd look at some things we can do to maybe uh, manage email a little better so that it's more of a tool and less of a distraction, less of a frustration. And I sort of broke up the, the thoughts I had about it into different categories, uh, some tips regarding reading email, regarding organizing email, and regarding 
writing email. And so first I thought we'd look at reading email. And these are just some, I don't know, general thoughts uh, that I've been looking at. I did a little bit of research online looking at uh, suggestions other people made. And I've, I'll put some links in the show notes to some other articles if you want to dig into this a little bit more. There's only so much we can do in a 30-minute or less podcast, but wanted to throw some ideas out there. One idea that I that I saw, and it's something I kind of do, but I, I'm going to be doing more intentionally going forward. And that is when you first open your inbox in the morning or whenever, um, scan it quickly for emails that you know are not going to need to be read at all and just delete them without opening. You don't have to open every email that comes into your inbox. And sometimes we get those whether it's spam that you know made it past our our spam filter or just some newsletter or sale thing that we on on a list we're on that we know we're not going to look at it we don't have time just delete it don't even open it don't even look at it related to that is to make good use of the unsubscribe option and i i've talked in earlier episodes about my words for this year, one of them being simplify. And one of the things that I'm doing to simplify is uh, I'm unsubscribing to a lot of email things that I have subscribed to in the past. A lot of newsletters that they may be really good, but I simply don't have time to read them. And there's that little bit of tension, maybe because I'm just a little maybe neurotic's not the right word, but I feel guilty when something I've subscribed to comes in and I don't read it and it sits there and, and, and is ignored. Uh, and so I have deliberately and purposefully been, when I when these different newsletters or uh, things from uh, online services that I bought something from and now I get their sale things periodically, if you scroll down to the bottom, and I'm sure you know this, but if you scroll down to the bottom of any of these kinds of business emails, you're going to, you should find an unsubscribe button down there or a, a link that you can tap on to, uh, that'll take you to some place and they'll say, are you sure you want to unsubscribe? And in most cases, my answer these days has been, yes, uh, I am sure I, I, I'm sure your, your newsletter is wonderful. Your products are wonderful, but I just need to uh, reduce the amount of stuff that's coming into my inbox that is um, distracting me and making me feel bad for not reading it. So that's that's a suggestion in terms of the you know reading of email. I uh, really recommend turning off the alerts on your devices, your computer and your devices. In every case, there is a way to go into your email settings or your device settings and decide what alerts to have. Now I use, as, as you've heard, uh, I use Macs and um, Apple devices, you know, an iPhone, an iPad, and they give you the ability in their email systems, and, and I think others do as well, to designate certain people as uh, VIPs or something like that, and and set alerts differently for them so that maybe they'll still get through. So you can, in your devices, set set up the alerts so that you don't get alerts when emails come in except those that come in from these VIPs. And that really, just turning off the buzzing and the pinging and the the vibrating on my phones has been a huge thing for me. I generally have kept on... Uh, a silent alert for my work email uh, when I'm out of the office, 
but uh, everything else, I've turned those off so that they're not distracting me. And I just check my email every every so often to uh, see what's in there instead of having to be interrupted by the, the pinging and the buzzing and the vibrating. So that's some, something to consider. Certainly get a really good spam filter. If you're getting, if you're finding you're getting a lot of e- uh, spam emails, look at the settings on your spam filter and up that a little bit. There are different uh, programs you can get, and I've talked about those in the past, uh, that will learn from the kinds of things that you drag into um, into the spam folder and will grab those and put them, you know, when, when more come in, just send those straight to spam. I think Google or Gmail has settings like that that, that can sort of learn. You can set up filters that... It will ask you when you drag something into the spam or the that kind of e- box, it'll ask you, do you want me to always send this emails from these kind of people over there? And consider using something like that. I saw one tip that I really loved from an article called um, Getting Organized, 11 Tips for Managing Email. And I will put a, a link for this in the show notes. And again, those are at theproductivewoman.com slash 38. And... The writer, Jill Duffy, said uh, suggests using auto-replies for more than just out-of-office messages. You, you probably know that you can, uh, you know, say on your Outlook office email or, or any email program, you have the ability to set an auto-reply, and we mostly use that for when we're going to be out of the office. So, you know, when, when you, an email comes in from somebody, they get a quick message back saying whatever you tell it to say, but I, I put one when I'm going to be out of the office for a day or two that says, uh, you know, I'm traveling, I'm out of the office from this day to that day, uh, I'm going to be traveling or in meetings, and so I won't be checking email regularly or my, you know, my, my replies might be delayed. I'll be checking, but, but maybe slower. And uh, so please be patient kind of thing. And uh, what Jill Duffy suggests in this article is that we use that not just for being out of office, but say we need to turn off our email for a while in order to focus on a project, but we're concerned that maybe we're going to miss a message from somebody who really needs to talk to us. She says, set up an auto-reply for that period of time that just says, I'm not checking email regularly at the moment, so if your message is really urgent, please call me at and give them a number they can reach you. So you don't have to worry that there's going to be an email that comes in that's really, really urgent from uh, you know somebody that you're not going to see because you're busy getting things done, getting work done. So I really liked that idea, and Jill has several other good tips in that article. I, I recommend reading it. Uh, another really important tip is, is to get in the habit of handling messages only once when you check your email in your inbox. And we could go off into a whole thing about the whole idea of inbox zero and getting to the point where your email inbox is empty at least once a day. Whether you do that or not, when you check email, when you open an email, do something with it right then. If um, uh, if you can, if it can be read and replied to in a minute or two, go ahead and just reply right then. If it's something that's going to take longer, then rather than closing it, leaving it in your inbox, forgetting why you left it in there and having to go back and read it again, uh, add it to your task list and then file it and get it out of your inbox. And, and, 
that way you're not, some people, I guess, use their email inbox as kind of a to-do list. I, I don't recommend that. I think it, it ends up being more of a distraction because you have to keep going back and rereading emails over and over again. So my recommendation is deal with it when you read it and either respond right then or add a task to your to-do list and file the email away for later reference. Um, The last tip on reading email, I'm going to throw this out there, and it's funny because this is kind of something that was addressed um, in, in my episode recently about the productivity rules that don't work, but this rule does work for some people. And so I throw this out there. If you can, uh, check your email only at certain times of the day, not first thing in the morning, do something, you know, productive or creative first, use that prime time for that. But say at 10:30 AM, 1:30 PM, 4 PM, you know, two, three times specific times a day that you go and check your email and otherwise have it turned off. Now I can't do this. And I explained why in that episode, but for some people, this really would work. So something to consider. So those are some suggestions on reading email more or being more strategic and effective in the way you handle email uh, for reading it. Second category of thoughts that I had on this was in organizing the email when it comes in, after we've read it, after we've done what we've done, you know, whatever we're going to do with it. Delete the ones that you don't need to keep, but if you need to keep emails, and I have thousands of emails that I've kept for deals at work and that sort of thing, and there really are kind of two approaches to filing email. One is to have uh, multiple topic or project folders. So for instance, in my work email account, I have a folder for each client that I work with, and then subfolders under that client's folder for each deal I work on for them. So that if I need to um, look up um, an email, look for something, say, about the, the Nashua deal for a particular client, I can go to the Nashua folder, open that, and all the emails are in there, and I can sort them by uh, the, who, who sent it or the date I received it or any number of ways. And, and that's the way that I handle it at work. I'm not sure it's the greatest idea. I mean, I have dozens of folders there. Uh, and the, the trick there is that you can lose an email if when you're dragging it over there, it gets dropped into the wrong folder. And so you still have to be able to use your email search features. The other alternative, instead of using many, you know, task or top, I'm not task, topic or project folders, in your email is to have just a few folders, say uh, a folder for emails that you're waiting on somebody else for, before you can reply, uh, an email or a folder for emails that are action items, a folder for reference items, things you don't have to do anything about, but maybe have materials in them that are information that you might want to refer to later. And then everything else goes into just one big folder that you could label archives or cabinet or something like that. And then instead of, uh, you know, opening a folder for a specific deal or project or person or however you might sort under the other method, you use your emails um, sort feature or search feature to look for keywords. 
Whichever one you do, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for having fewer folders and, and the search engines and email uh, programs are so uh, good these days. But that's, uh, you know, use one of those methods and instead of, and don't do like a former colleague of mine, loved him to death, but Gary, bless his heart, he had tens of thousands of emails from his entire legal career in his inbox. He didn't fold or didn't, didn't file anything. He just kept everything in there and he, he swore he could find what he needed, but it, it stressed me out just looking at his inbox. So, um, you know, I, my recommendation is you use one of the other options, either have project or topic folders, or you have archive, waiting, reference, whatever, you know, three or four main folders that you use and keep your uh, your inbox processed and, and as close to empty as you can. Another tip for helping you with uh, organizing email is to use meaningful subject lines, which will help you find the right email later. And uh, if, if you just have, I, I get emails on a daily basis that have, you know, the, the subject line just has one word in it. Maybe all every email certain people send out just has the name of the deal, for instance, and nothing that indicates what the email is about. So if I'm, you know, scrolling through the folder looking for a particular document that I know was circulated by email, I have to open every email to look and see if that's the attachment to that email. So uh, really think about using they don't have to be long subject lines, but something meaningful uh, so that if you're searching through your email archives later, you can find the one you're looking for. If there are searches, if you're using those powerful search engines in your email and there are particular searches that you do frequently, save them. And most email programs have the ability to do that. Or you can create what they call smart folders, which are basically rules you set up that put all the messages that meet specified criteria into a folder. So for instance, in my Apple Mail program on my Macs, I have a smart folder for today that, that I very it's really easy to do to, to kind of set the criteria that that folder has everything that came in today, whatever today is. Uh, so I, if I'm looking for an email that's not in my inbox anymore, but I know it came in today, it's going to be in there somewhere. I have another smart folder that, that has every email that hasn't been read yet, whatever folder it's in. And that can be really useful. And then another one that's for items that have been viewed recently. And I forget what the, how it, I defined recently. I think it's in the last day or so if I've read it. And I'm trying to find an email and I can't remember where I filed it, but I know I just looked at it a couple hours ago. That'll be in that folder. So some, some smart folders like that can really be useful if you're living and working in email as much as I do. You can also use rules to sort incoming email that doesn't need immediate attention into folders that you check when you have time. So for instance, I have rules for certain newsletters and mailing list addresses that automatically when it comes in, it, the, the program just routes those messages in a folder I've labeled to read. And I don't see it in my inbox. It's not cluttering it up. 
and I just have a task on my to-do list, you know, every other, every other day or so to check my to-read folder. Or when I have time, I'm sitting and waiting, I can go in there and pull, kind of cull through that and see what's in there and read it and process or discard it. So those are some suggestions for helping organize your email and, and um, be a little more efficient and effective with it. Last section or last category, I guess, is um, effective tip, tips for writing email in more effective ways. And in no particular order, one of the things that I thought about is when you reply to an email, edit the subject line to make it clear what the email is about. And this ties back to what I said earlier about using meaningful subject lines. If you are replying to an email that had a subject line about, you know, one thing, but you're replying to talk about something else, you can go up into the subject line and change the subject line so it's clear what it is you're writing about. And again, this is, this does two things. It lets your recipient know what your what the email is about before they've even opened it, but it also makes it easier for you to find it later. So I really try to do that and pay attention to what's in the subject line of the emails for, for that reason. In general, try to keep emails short and very easy to read. Um, you know, if it's going to be a big, long thing, consider just picking up the phone and having a conversation with somebody. Uh, try to keep them short. Use short sentences, short paragraphs, you know, bullet points and, and or numbered lists when you can. It just makes it easier for people to read and act on what you're doing or what you're talking about, what you're asking them for. If there's something that you need them to do, consider putting that in the very first line or two and then maybe the explanation follows rather than saving, you know, the, the big headline, the big moment for the end, which they may never get to, honestly. Um, create a simple but useful email signature. And every email program out there lets you create signatures that you can either insert manually or that it just automatically inserts into every email that you send. And by signature, I mean, you know, your name, you know, it can be uh, uh, thanks for writing Laura or whatever, sincerely, Laura, you don't, you know, people don't often use those kinds of closings, but your name, generally, I, I say, put your contact information in every email that your address, your mailing address, your uh, phone number, your fax number, if that's important. Uh, it helps the recipient if they need to call you or get in touch with you. I, I can't tell you that how frustrating it is in my line of work, if I've got, uh, and I need to send something to someone, put something in the mail, or I need to call them and they're not yet in my contact book, and I go to pull up an email to get their contact information so I can mail whatever this is or call them, and there's nothing in there. So it's a simple thing to put an email signature there just to make it easy for people to reach you unless you don't want to be reached and then don't do that. <laughs> um, another suggestion is to use groups or I think uh, Outlook calls it distribution lists. If you repeatedly email the same group of people, you can in every uh, email program, you have the ability to set up a group so that you just um, 
avoid the need to look them up or retype the same email addresses over and over again. You just, you give that group or uh, distribution list a name, an alias, and all you have to do is type in that name and it inserts all those addresses, email address uh, addresses, and, and that way you're going to get them right and it saves you a little time. And to the point of email addresses and getting them right, be sure to double check the recipient names and email addresses before you hit send. Uh, uh, boy, there I can tell you stories about the times I haven't done that. And, you know, autofill, whether it's Outlook or another program, has autofilled the wrong email address. <laughs> I used to, I had two different clients named Craig, you know, they had different last names. And uh, one of them was the CEO of a company that I did a lot of work for. And I more than once in a hurry typed in Craig and Outlook just autofilled the other guy's name because I think it does it in alphabetical order. And the other guy's last name came before the CEO's. And fortunately, the CEO was a good guy and we had a good relationship. And there were a couple times when I'd get an email back from him saying, I don't think you meant me to get this. So really take that moment to, to look up there and double check and make sure you've got the right people in the uh, two line. If there are certain emails that you send frequently, you can, in most email uh, programs, create a template so that you don't have to retype it, or you can use a text expander type program uh, uh, snippet kind of thing to, to sort of fill that in without you having to retype the same emails over and over again. For example, there's a writer's uh, discussion online discussion group that I'm a part of, and my job is to send out an email twice a week uh, each time to a different person within the group to remind them that they're supposed to post supposed to post a new discussion topic the next day. Well, rather than retyping that every time, I created a, I use a program called Text Expander by Smile Software, and I'll put a, a link in the show notes, that created a little snippet for that so that each time I open a, ne a new email to do this, I only have to type four keystrokes. I created a little they call it a snippet, but it's a, a, a little abbreviation and it just inserts the whole thing into the email and all I have to do is hit send. Similarly, I'm a member of um, an organization for mortgage attorneys that I have to, every other year, I coordinate the update of a, a big resource book and I have to send out 60 some emails to different people with information they need to do the update of their part. It's a big, long email. Well, I created a template for that. So I, instead of having to retype it or copy and paste or whatever, um, it, it's just very quick to put in the correct name, hit, uh, put the right att uh, attachment for that person and send it on. So it saves a huge amount of time. Last, uh, suggestion on writing email. And, uh, it, and that's this. Think before you hit send. The immediacy of email is a wonderful thing, but it can also be a problem if you write and send an email that you later regret. If you're angry or frustrated or, you know, whatever, you know, go ahead and type that scathing message, but do it with no names in the two line. 
Um, so there's no email addresses up there. Say everything you want to say, just spew it all into that email uh, as eloquently as you want to, or as angrily as you want to, whatever you need to vent, to say to this person who has made you angry, then walk away for a while and come back and reread it when you've calmed down and decide whether you really want to send it. This, But again, don't ever do this when there's a name up there that it could actually, somebody could distract you, you could forget, you could bump something that it could get sent accidentally. So if you're going to do that, um, you know, delete all the names first, do your venting, take some time off and then think before you, and, and think again before you decide to send it. Because remember two things, you can't, you really can't take back an email. And even if you delete it, it's out there somewhere. It can be forwarded. Uh, all sorts of terrible things can happen. I mean, as a lawyer, I can tell you, uh, bad things come out of flippantly sent emails. So think twice before sending an angry email. Think about four times before sending that romantic email or one with critical comments about a coworker or a family member or a client. Things get forwarded and they can have really unpleasant repercussions. So just a thought. Uh, there are more uh, tips and ideas in some articles, again, that I'll put links in the show notes that you can check out if you want some more suggestions. I also am going to put links to two podcast episodes from uh, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to because I'm nerdy that way is Mac Power Users. And these are two lawyers that talk about um, technology and mostly Mac related stuff, different kinds of programs and apps. They've done two really thorough episodes on email and different suggestions. They have great suggestions for programs you can use to help you manage your email. Highly recommend that you check these out. It's Mac Power Users um, episodes 164 and 224. Again, links in the show notes. And finally, what one of the the two lawyers that does the that do the the Mac Power Users uh, podcast is David Sparks, and he is he's known as Mac Sparky, and he has done what he calls an email field guide, and it's a a, a book that you it's basically for iPad, although you can get it. Um, I think in PDF form, but the, the iPad version that you get out of the iTunes store has some really great features like videos where he demonstrates different things. This is an in-depth look at managing email efficiently and well worth, uh, I forget how much it is. It's, I, I want to say 10 or $15 at the most and worth every penny, really a great resource. So if, if email's driving you crazy, uh, consider looking into that. And again, there'll be a link in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 38. And that's about it. So, so what do you think? Um, are, uh, uh, do you have email mastered or is it driving you as crazy as it is me sometimes? I would uh, love to hear your thoughts. You can ask your questions or share your suggestions for how you manage email by going to theproductivewoman.com slash 38 and scroll down to the comments section, or you can look for the Productive Woman's Facebook page and post a comment or a question there. I love to hear from you. I do monitor and respond to those. 
And uh, uh, like I said, would love to hear from you. You can also email your questions, comments, and suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Or you can leave a message, a voice message by going either to the website at theproductivewoman.com or the Facebook page. Both have little buttons at the top that you can click on and just record a little voice message that'll come straight to me. Nobody hears it but me, and I'd love to hear from you. I always want to ask um, if you enjoy the podcast, you think other people might enjoy it well, it would mean so much to me if you would consider rating and reviewing The Productive Woman in iTunes uh, or, and or Stitcher. There are links to subscribe or to rate and review in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 38, or you can just go straight there by going to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher, and leave a few words of um, letting me know what you think. I, I so much appreciate hearing from you. It's how I know whether I'm on track. I want to thank one particular listener who, and this is listener Sonia Harris from London, England, who uh, I was just so moved and by finding out that she had posted on her Facebook page about uh, The Productive Woman and referred to it as one of her favorite podcasts and talked about a particular episode that she really enjoyed. It meant so much to me. Uh, One of the things Sonia said at one point is, uh, she says, your podcasts have been very inspiring. It's your transparency and genuineness that is so engaging and she goes on to say, enjoyed your latest podcast, How to Stay Productive During Life Storms. I'm so grateful that you're able to share your own experiences and insights. And Sonia, I, I don't even know what to say. Thank you so much for those encouraging words. A couple of quick things um, I've mentioned in the past. If you are putting together a, an event for women, uh, uh, you have a women's group or maybe a retreat or business team, and uh, you would like me to come and talk with your group about productivity for busy women, any, anything related to that or other topics that maybe would be of interest to your group, I'd love to do that. And so you can email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or give me a call at 972-638-0308 and we can talk about the possibilities. Uh, I'd love to do that. Before we close, I do want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Doodle. Uh, if you, like me, get uh, tasked with scheduling a meeting of a group of people, you know how frustrating and time-consuming it can be if you try to do it via email. And, um, you know, you're the, it's all the back and forth trying to find a date that works for everybody and keeping track of who's available when. Well, Doodle is an online scheduling tool that solves this problem. It makes it easy to schedule, schedule a meeting with one or more people. I'm one of over 24 million people who use Doodle each month to save time and schedule events, and you can be too. Registration isn't required, so it's very simple to get started. To schedule a meeting, you just select some possible dates and times by clicking on a calendar grid. Then you enter the emails of email addresses of the people that you want uh, that are part of this meeting send it off they get an email with a link in it that that brings them back where they can you know select which of the options work for them and then 
With one look, you can see who's available when, which of the dates or times works for everybody, and quickly make a final decision that will satisfy the whole group. Doodle can be used to schedule things like business meetings, holiday parties, family reunions, even just dinner with friends. The basic scheduling service is free. They also offer a free personal scheduling profile called Meet Me that can be really useful. And Premium Doodle is available starting at only $39 per year, offers all kinds of great additional features like calendar integration, automatic reminders. It's really worth the $39 if you find yourself often having to schedule these things. Um, You can get started for free by visiting their website. Be sure to check out their iPhone and Android apps. They just, as as I'm recording this in mid-April of 2015, they just released a brand new iPhone app and they have a new Android app coming out very soon. So watch for those. Uh, But definitely give that a look. Scheduling does not have to be a pain. You can make it an easy and enjoyable experience with Doodle. And you can learn more and get started by going to theproductivewoman.com slash doodle. And thank you so much to Doodle for supporting The Productive Woman. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you found something in this that will be useful for you. I look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.